0: hi this is BB Peters and we're here with dr. Andrea gold and Jennifer Davis page and we have the most amazing incredible guest a woman who has traveled the world she looks like she's 23 but she has the wisdom and a lifespan and um, knowledge of a 50 plus or hundred plus woman and we are so excited to have her I just want to identify a couple of things that she has done in her life. those include being a long having a long nursing career she was a registered nurse in Chicago. she's a former director of health promotion and education. she is a founder of two nonprofits and her main uh, purpose in life, is to passionately and authentically help young girls and women connect to the freedom in their life. Her name is Mabel Taplin. Mabel, welcome. Welcome to the show. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: This is Boom Goddess Radio, igniting inspiration in primetime women. We are Jennifer Davis
0: Page, Phoebe Peters,
1: and Dr. Andrea Gould.
0: So, Mabel, uh, tell us, please, in this moment in time, you are here in Tucson. Describe the circumstances of what brought you here and where are you in your world adventure. Okay. Um,
2: well, I am a 40-year-old woman. I just turned 40 um, this past September, and I celebrated my 40th birthday in Vietnam. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, and I am the oldest of four children. I have three younger brothers, so you can imagine how growing up in a house with boys was for me. Um, also being the oldest girl, so that means I can cook and clean just a little bit, <laughs> Um <clears throat> I have been traveling full-time since January of 2016. And um, I visited 30 countries in 2016. Now, I didn't set out to visit all 30 countries. I actually sort of set a goal, I think, for 20. Um, But once I got to country 18, I was like, I really like this. (laughs) Let me keep going. And so um, I gave myself permission to just go with the flow. Um, And so... I am now at 37 countries and 23 months later uh, have decided to sort of let life unfold as it does. There's
1: so much in what you're saying uh, that is absolutely fascinating to begin the journey in 2016 and to begin to get all those countries in a sense one after the other that it became such something was very fascinating to you can you talk about what was so fascinating that kept you going country after country
2: so what I will say is that when I started the journey um, I was a bit stressed out and I definitely had a sort of type A personality where things have to be just so. So a part of me, um, my goal of taking the journey was to push myself way outside of my comfort zone and to give myself permission to just go with the flow. So when I started the journey, um, I said to myself, I would allow people to have input on where I would go, when I would go, how I would go, Um, And along the way, I met some fantastic people that just kept recommending, oh, you should go here. You should see this. I have a question. Did you
1: find it um, liberating to let go of being in charge and to enjoy the flow and trust that
2: flow? Initially, I did not. Initially, I felt it very anxiety provoking. And But I knew that it was going to be anxiety provoking, right? So this was a very intentional experience for that I um, sort of orchestrated for myself. And so I think probably it took me, I would say, almost eight months into the journey to embrace going with the flow and embracing um, letting go. So it was a process.
1: There's such an intuitive part to that. Sure. Like in saying, you knew you were anxious to begin with. Yeah. But you were intentionally upping the anxiety or changing the kind of anxiety. And as a health practitioner, you're a nurse. Sure. There's something intuitive about healing that you knew before you started.
2: Yes. I uh, actually was suffering in silence from anxiety and depression. And when you have a life. That you think other people desire, or you know, you are the eldest in your family. I was the first person to go to college, and I had all of these external validators for success, but I wasn't happy. And not only was I not happy, I wasn't being myself. And so I got to the point where I felt like my soul was dying. And there's something about the motivation around self preservation that will push you a little bit further than you thought you were willing to go.
1: I see what you're saying is really that self-preservation and self-care in wise and intuitive hands, which are your own, can really place you, if you trust it, in a
0: direction of healing. Mm -hmm. I I want to ask you just a couple of sort of uh pragmatic kind of questions how do you pack for a trip when you visit countries how do you travel who do you see where do you eat what about this idea of being on your own is that like scaring you to no end all of those questions yeah when i started i was a little
2: uh I don't know if scared is the right word, apprehensive, but you have to realize I traveled a, a lot before I started this journey. Um, before I started the journey, I had been to 46 states in the United States and 12 countries. So I wasn't a wow. new traveler and I wasn't a new solo traveler. Um, I was a new solo international traveler. And anybody that travels for business know that you You kind of learn how to pack because when you have um, flights, you don't check a bag because you want to make sure you can get on the next flight. So um, in learning how to pack, actually, this is a funny story. My godmother had to teach me how to pack the real parish statement uh, because I was the kind of person that had that didn't like their things to touch each other. So I would have a a bag for the shoes, Mm -hmm. a bag for the underwear, a bag for the clothes. Yes, that was me. Um, But in packing for this trip in particular, I looked at a lot of blogs. I did some research. And essentially what I gave myself permission um, to do was to have two carry on size bags. And I invested in clothing that was travel grade clothing that you could hand wash that was easily dryable. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of special clothing. Um, and I basically wrote out a packing list.
0: So how did you move around the world? You know, people right go by train, by car, by whatever. How did you decide which type of transportation to do? So
2: it depends. I started off with a plane. I took um, a flight from LA to Australia. So I, I basically went as far east as I could. And in that region of the world, my preference is flying. But when I got to Europe, my preference was to take the train. Um, they have the Euro Rail, and you could buy a Euro Pass, and it was uh, more economical for me to um, take the train. And then I also experienced um, car sharing, where you could take um, a car similar to Uber, but you would—they would drive you from country to country. So I did. Oh, a I like time. that idea. I love yeah. It in Europe. And then when I was in Africa, of course, it was um, traveling by plane. So it just depended on the region.
0: And was one area of the world safer for you than another as far as how you were feeling? Sure. sure. Um, so I
2: actually feel safer when I'm in Southeast Asia. Um, and I think that's a part of why I call Vietnam a happy place. Um, But I also want to acknowledge that it's it's also the mindset that I was in because I visited um, Thailand three times. And the first time I went to Thailand, I hated it because I felt like um, it was too much going on and it was aggressive. And I was only about four months into my trip. And then I returned um, almost seven months after that. And I loved it. But I realized that earlier in my trip, I was tense. Right. And I was still trying to shed um, the tension of living in a big city like Chicago. So I showed up differently. Um, but the other side to that is being in a country where there are no guns um, was also a relief.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. I can just imagine how you, how much more comfortable you, yeah. you felt.
2: I want to
3: start, Mabel, from the beginning. Let's take you back. To Chicago now and let's talk about what made you make the decision to take a journey like this was there one was there something that happened that made you make that decision to just p- pack up all your cares and woe and travel around the world
2: yes um, I think it was two things number one I always wanted to live abroad ever since I was in high school Um, but for whatever reason, in my twenties, something always came up and it was not possible. So that was something that was in the back of my mind. Um, in my late thirties, I am single, no kids, and I have this robust career that is not fulfilling. I also have a nonprofit. I have community in Chicago, but I'm feeling socially stagnant. And I also feel like, um, I'm questioning my belief system and my identity and I will say that there was not just one event it was more of a season of feelings that I finally gave myself permission to feel because if I'm honest I was always making decisions in my 30s for somebody else so, I'm gonna live here for somebody else. I'm gonna work this job because it's gonna look this way and it's gonna give me this thing. But it really wasn't feeding my soul and my being. So, I think um, in 2015, that part of me was just roaring, like, hey, you know, we need some attention. And the only thing that I could think of to give myself permission to challenge my belief system and really peel back the layers of who I wanted to be was to push myself way outside of my comfort zone. Um, the culture, the American culture, the Western culture, um, my spirituality as uh, growing up as a, a Baptist Christian woman, even my identity as an African-American woman, I wanted to put myself in a situation where I could evaluate that um outside of the noise of, of familiarity. Yes.
3: Did you have a conversation with Darrell or any of your friends about, before you made the decision to really go, did you have discussions with your friends and family about whether this was a good thing for you or bad thing for you, or were you just sold on the fact that you were the woman that you are and that you were gonna travel the world? And I not have to ask anybody whether they thought it was a good idea or
2: not. Yeah, it's the latter. Okay. So uh, at 38, you know, so yeah. here's the other part. And you wouldn't know this, but I'm a, I'm a tremendous giver. So I'm a, a empath and I'm a nurse. So everybody around me gets all this love. And so they were actually happy mm-hmm. because they saw that I had given so much. It's my turn. Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of women go through that where you know you feel like you're giving you're giving and I was empty and if this is what it took for me to be full again everybody was on board that's
1: wonderful that's really wonderful the wisdom um, I want to come back to the wisdom because to trust your own wisdom to trust your own intuition to know that you had to bust your comfort zone Mm -hmm. there are so many women that do the opposite when they start feeling anxious or depressed yeah. but you're making it very clear that you were aware that your soul was not being nurtured yeah you used those words yeah how did you know that
2: uh, through prayer and meditation um i spent a lot of time um in my bedroom sitting in the middle of the bed asking god to help me if i'm honest and There is something about my mom dying uh, when I was so young. She died the day before my 24th birthday, and she was 48 years old. She had battled breast cancer um, for four years. And being a nurse that worked in oncology or cancer and watching my patients die and then having my mother die um, gave me a sense of urgency about my mortality, Also, it sort of made me appreciate that life is finite and that I needed to seize the moment. So I made that decision early. So when it came time for me to sort of make the decision for myself, it wasn't an easy decision, but it was a decision that I knew that I had to make.
1: So there was wisdom that came that you came to early enough yeah. in your life, that when push came to shove, and you needed to really take care of yourself, you had that inner resolve. Yes. To do that. Yes. That's beautiful.
0: How about, can you talk a little bit about, how are the people that you were meeting, the women, the girls, what what is the range of ages or cultures? How did you incorporate all that into your spirit? So
2: that's an amazing um, part of my journey. When I started, I made the decision that I wanted to um, interview women along the way and collect quotes and stories um, because I felt like um, my story was not unique to me, but I didn't know. And so what I was looking for, and I can say this on the back end, what I was looking for was ways to connect, right? In, In the same way that I connected with my godmother, I understood, even in my relationship with my mother, the value of having relationships with women. So with every place that I went to, I sought out women's organizations and ways to connect with them. So
0: cool, so cool. Do go on and then describe more of those connections.
2: So um, for example, um, one of the things, and this is to build community and also meet people before I would go to a place, I would research if they had a Facebook expat group um, and look in that group and then post and say, hi, introduce myself and say I'm coming and then invite somebody to dinner with me. So that was one way that I would connect. And oftentimes it would be, hi, I'm here for this week or what have you. What are some cool things that expats do? And then I may ask them to share a quote or a story that a woman in their lives has shared with them that was impactful. Um, for them. And one of the quotes that was really impactful for me, and I said this earlier, is that I was kind of struggling um, with where I was in my life as a 30 year 38-year-old um, single childless woman. And I met a lady. Um, her name is Masunda, and she was Zambian, but I met her in South Africa. And uh, she invited me to stay at her house in Nairobi. Uh, I was going to be in Nairobi the next month. And so I asked Masunda the question, um, Can you share a quote with me um, that a woman in your life has shared with you? And so the quote that she shared was, when you see a nice house, just admire the roof, which Mm. is an Itchibemba proverb. And when she said that, we were standing in her living room and I was like, what does that mean? And she said, you know, we are always looking at somebody else's life as if their life is perfect or that they have it all. Um, But we don't know what their life is really like. We only know what we see. And so when you see a house, a nice house, the only thing you can be sure of is that it has a roof on it. And when she said that to me, I heard in my spirit, comparison is the killer of joy.
1: And the contrast that you saw is, is really such a liberating thing because we learn through contrast and you knew that
0: yes what an amazing journey Uh, did you see women and girls that were barefoot and hardly any clothes and were carrying water on their heads were they suffering did you see all kinds of people
2: I've seen all kind I've seen from the poor to the super rich I think that that's the diversity that the world has to offer um, and I think that that's the part, that's the reason why I embarked on this journey, because I wanted to give myself permission to go see for myself and to make my own assessment.
0: So we were talking, well, we're actually talking with the most incredible woman on the planet. Her name is Mabel Taplin. And she has traveled the world in 30 plus countries. And now we're just asking her about the connections that she has made. And one of the things that she talked about was connecting through Facebook. Of course, that raised our level of excitement to infinity because at Boom Goddess, we're all about connection. We believe that that is the number one resource for well-being and longevity. So when we heard May say that we've got goosebumps all over ourselves
1: yeah there's there's something so important and you're you're really bringing that point home that leaving in the 1940s and exploring 30 countries might have been a different experience oh absolutely right but by the same token probably similarly motivated yeah right but What you made liberal use of is everything that you know. What you know about yourself, what you know about how the world works, and technology was right there for you, no matter where you went. And
2: what I know intuitively about women. The other part of, um, using technology is that if even if i did meet somebody on social media they were always willing and open to call ahead and say hey you know mabel is traveling solo take care of her and that has happened that's wonderful so many times throughout my journey even offering me housing um i met a lady one time at dinner in thailand and she was originally from Chicago and she told me when she when I got to Europe she told me to give her a call because she was going to be in London and I got to Europe and I called her and she says oh no I'm in Thailand but while you're in Europe where you know where are you going next and I said oh I don't know and she said you must go to Greece and I said Greece <laughs> was not on my list and she says oh I have a villa in Greece and oh, I'm going to gift it to you you can stay there oh, uh, wow, for a month wow. and so wow. for the month of August I, I was uh staying in a three-bedroom, two-bathroom villa, seaside, gifted by a lady that I met one time. And I have several of those stories.
1: You know, as a health practitioner, this sounds almost biological. It's like all these white blood cells got (laughs) activated. You know, it sounds like there's a whole other subculture in the community of people who do travel.
3: Yes. As you met women around the world, how different or alike are we?
2: We are a lot alike, Um, and that's has uh, probably been the biggest takeaway in my own healing is that I oftentimes felt like I was alone. And that's why I thought it was important to ask women to share, because in their stories, I saw myself. And what I realized is that we are alike, but how we respond to challenges is shaped by our belief system and our culture. And just as I was emphatic about learning from them, it also helped me to appreciate my belief system and what I could um, demonstrate and teach them uh, about womanhood and about being a woman.
3: Well, I had the privilege of being in the room when you called Darrell the night of your 40th birthday. She (laughs) was at my house and and you called in and you were so excited. Tell me why um, Vietnam is such a happy place for you.
2: Vietnam is a happy place for me because it represents me pushing past my fear. Um, I sat down two weeks before it was time for me to leave to put together a trip plan, something that I said I would not do, but my anxious self took over and was like, we need a plan. And when I got to Vietnam, the language is not phonetic, right? It's not as phonetic as the English language. Mm -hmm. And I literally had a physical Anxiety attack as I was planning it so much so that I said, okay enough planning like I can't if I stay here I will not leave because I was so intimidated by the language Mm -hmm. and looking at it um, on the map And so what I said to myself is when I got to Bangkok If I still felt uh, uneasy about going to Vietnam I wouldn't go now what was playing in the back of my mind is also the only thing I knew about Vietnam was the Vietnamese war Mm -hmm. right and prior bad relationships, if you will, between the United States and and Vietnam. And so uh, when I got to Bangkok, I was like, oh, I don't feel so so bad. And also I had met other people that had traveled to Vietnam. So they helped ease some of the anxiety. And when I got there, the very first day, I met a group of Vietnamese teenagers. I asked them where I could find something to eat. And they were college students trying to practice their um, English. And those <laughs> students Put me on their motorbikes and drove me around Ho Chi Minh City to find American food, which I thought is hysterical because <laughs> they were like, what is American food? I was like, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> Everything that I thought was American food was somebody else's food that we eat in America. Right. right. But it was their openness. It was their um Genuine concern for me. And I saw that repeatedly during the time that I was there. I was originally supposed to be there um, four days and I ended staying ended up staying there for three weeks. And so the people were were very gracious to me. Um, it represents me pushing past my fears, and it was the first place that I visited that I could actually see myself recreating my lifestyle. Um, in the United States because Ho Chi Minh City is very modern and westernized um, and it has basically um, a multicultural melting pot of food so I could always find something to eat and I could get my nails done They're, the Vietnamese yes. are known for <laughs> <Yeah>, good <laughs> nails Yes. So, if yeah. you were to
3: give up America though and decide to live someplace else for a, a time sure. what country would it be?
2: So um, Vietnamese and South Africa are are my short, Vietnam, I'm sorry, and South Africa are my short list. I'm still considering I uh, I like Spain a lot, but I would have to learn Spanish, so I am not, that's the other part, I'm not uh, multilingual. I make it a point every country that I go to to learn how to say please, thank you, hello, mm-hmm. and my name is Oh, and where is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And where is. Uh, but Google Translator has has saved my life. I'm
0: oh, about okay. to ask you that <laughs> So another technology feature, yes. Right? Yes. right? yes. there it is. Yes. Guiding your path in yes. that way, right? Yes. yes. And uh tell us a little bit about discover her life llc how did you come to create this and what is it what is it doing for you sure so um discover life
2: is a global lifestyle company that i created to empower women to pursue their passion uh purpose in through workshops seminars online courses and global experiences So in that was the trip that I organized to Vietnam where I've had this phenomenal round the world journey and I find tremendous value in um, this multicultural intergenerational exchange and I recognize that not everybody wants to or can take this kind of trip. So um, organizing events around intergenerational and multicultural exchange is a part of Discover Her Life and creating space for women to create and design their own unique path, right? And so even when I'm speaking or if I'm hosting an online course, it's really about giving the woman practical tools to get to who they really wanna be.
3: Tell me about the men.
2: As you traveled around the world,
3: how different are they? Did you
0: see um... kinder, gentler yeah. men, or more robust and? Uh... Well,
2: that's a very interesting question um, because when I left, I was really feeling defeated with my dating experience, um, and I often felt like sometimes um, when I would go out on dates with guys that they were not chivalrous. Um, and that I sort of had to influence how they treated me. I haven't been on a lot of dates um, since I've been gone, but I have noticed that I felt taken care of, especially when I was in Vietnam. Um, and it didn't really matter the race of the man. It was, I, and it might be, I'm always looking at myself. So it might be the way I'm showing up, right? That I'm a little bit more laid back. Um, but I definitely can say that um, the few dates that I have been on, I've definitely felt taken care of. The, the men paid. Um, and it wasn't a question like, you know, when the check comes. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But
0: when the check comes, yes. you both look at it. Mm-hmm.
2: There has yes. been n- none of that in my
0: experience. So, Well, as we wind this wonderful visit uh, down, uh, I wanted to add that. You are a person that's going to appear on Oprah, okay? And Oprah copies what we do so that you are here first before Oprah gets her hands on you. We are forever grateful for that. And when you write your book,
3: all right, and it's published, we want to make sure that we are one of the first to get your interview. All right?
1: I promise. And Mabel, just to shine the light on you, to be a role model for girls, to be a mentor, to really show up in the way a woman can be unfolded in her best, blossoming beauty. Thank you for showing showing us, and because that is um, that is you. And I just want to also go back to the discover, because it's D I S C O V H E R. Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to make a point of that. You might great
0: want idea. to
2: follow up with. Yes, yeah, yes. We can. And, can I say my website? Please. Yes, uh, absolutely. Your, Please say your website, website. your
0: um, phone number, your uh, address. No, just anything. That you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you can find out more information about me, Mabel Taplin, and discover her life at d i s c o v h e r dot l i f e. And you can also follow me on Instagram at discover life. You can also uh, I have a Facebook fan page. It's Discover Life with Mabel Taplin.
0: Adorable, adorable, and just so perfect. So inspiring. Um, Never mind what your age is. uh, But as we were uh, saying at the beginning, your wisdom, your experience, it shines and your love and your spirit shines all around you. And we're just so glad that you're here. And Thank I'm sure you. that
3: the women that are, are listening, that will be listening to this show, you've given them a lot to think about. You know, mm-hmm. there's some women that won't go from city A to city B by themselves, and they won't go to McDonald's by themselves. I mean, to have you tell your incredible story, uh, I hope it gives a lot of women the courage to say, "If she can do it, I can do yes. it too." Yes,
1: you fulfilled the mission, which is to ignite, illuminate, and inspire. So thanks for being with
2: us. Thank you for having me.
3: For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.